0: Good afternoon
1: and welcome. If you've filled up in the last couple of weeks, you've noticed the carbon tax that came in at the beginning of the month. It added an average 4.4 cents to the cost of a liter of gas. It will also cost more to heat your home and buy groceries, though Ottawa is promising to offset that with the rebates they will give us. Today, the Ontario government is in court Challenging the tax on the grounds that it is unconstitutional because the province has the right and the ability to regulate emissions on its own. Ottawa will argue that it's acting in the national interest and that it is well within its rights. The government is being cagey about how much, about how much this battle is costing. I've heard figures on the order of $30 million of taxpayer dollars. Critics say it's a waste of taxpayers money on a case they will almost certainly lose and that this is an ideological issue that should be fought at the ballot box and not in court. So what do you think? The numbers 416-360-0740, toll free one 740 4740 And we begin with MPP Stephen Lecce from King Vaughan, who is the parliamentary assistant to the Premier and the Minister of Infrastructure and the Deputy Government House Leader. Hi there, Stephen.
2: Good afternoon. How are you doing, Libby?
1: Fine. Uh, So, uh, what do you make of the arguments in court? What do you say to people who say that, you know, that's really not the place to fight this out?
2: Well, I think the message we're sending to the people of Ontario is that we're going to use every tool at our disposal as a government, including uh, the courts, to challenge what we believe to be an unconstitutionally disguised tax. Look, the fact of the matter is, the, the basis of this argument and the overarching sort of political dialogue and, and discourse around this issue is about how we reduce emissions and how we take responsibly the duty, I would argue a moral duty, to ensure that the next generation is not left off worse off than we are. And we've seen this economically with the large levels of deficits and debt by the former government, and ecologically we ought not do the same. The point we're making is we have in Ontario led Canada's national emission reductions. We have reduced emissions by 22% by 2005. Now we recognize in order to meet the Paris targets, the 2030 targets that the federal government, the provincial governments have all agreed to meet, 30% below 2005 levels, though we are well on track. We have 8% to go, we have a made in Ontario plan that demonstrably reduces emissions without imposing a carbon tax. And I think the political question beyond the legal one is why is it that the federal government, you talk about you know, an ideological pursuit, why are they so dogmatic? And the only mechanism to reduce emissions is to impose a tax on working people. Look, what's most perverse about this tax is that they introduce a tax with exemptions for the biggest polluters in the country are exempt, but moms and dads and small businesses and local uh, seniors in our communities have to pay the full force of tax, which is according to the financial accountability officer. If I could debunk uh, an assertion that people are getting these big tax breaks back, the FAO, the financial accountability officer of Ontario, independent, nonpartisan, and happened to be appointed by the former government, not that it matters, has suggested that this is going to tax, going to cost net $640 a year by 2022. Eventually. So with respect to the federal government, they should really stop misleading people and accept that, look, if they want to put a price on carbon, they want to take money out of people's pockets, that's a choice they can do. We just think it's unconstitutional and unjust and economically unsustainable and unfair.
1: Well, they they did run on this and they did win.
2: Well, with respect uh, to Prime Minister Trudeau, I mean, he suggested he be cutting taxes for those in the middle class and those working hard to join it. So it is hard to suggest that you are lowering taxes on the very subset of people that that will see a hike, and it's not just a tax um, on middle income people. What I think is most you know regressive about carbon taxation is that it hurts those with the smallest or lowest amount of disposable income. Look, you know, Libby, some folks listening may be able to absorb another six, seven, eight hundred bucks a year, and that's fair if they can if they can if they can afford that. There are many fixed income seniors listening today and families, I would argue, and young people who don't have disposable incomes that could just throw on another 700 bucks here and there for a government that simply cannot live within their means. And I would submit that this is not a mechanism to reduce emissions. It's a way to grow revenues for the state because Justin Trudeau has never-ending deficits now until the 2040 or 50, if I'm not mistaken. Literally for a, another generation of children will be born uh, under a deficit spending because the Prime Minister can live within his means. So if he wants to reduce emissions, uh, let's come up with a credible plan to do that, that don't impose costs on workers, on families, and on middle-income people in the province.
1: Now, in the budget, we also found that there was a measure in there requiring the owners of gas stations to post stickers, which tell us that the increase in the price of gas is because of the federal uh, carbon tax and not because of the province, and that they face fines of up to $10,000 if they don't. Now, Isn't that really politicizing the issue?
2: Look, I think there is a public interest uh, concern I have in that the people of Ontario deserve to know the full truth and how the federal tax, the carbon tax, will make their lives more unaffordable. And that includes additional costs to heat their homes or fill up at the pumps. Now, we brought forth legislation that, if passed, would require stickers to be placed on these gas pumps with a warning to the Ontarians of this hidden federal carbon tax. And I think it is absolutely defensible to suggest that 11 cents, this is by 2020 when it reaches its peak, 11 cent increase is due to the federal government's carbon taxation. Look, the the basis of your question is, do I support and does the government of Ontario support greater transparency for consumers to let them know where their money is being spent? And with respect, the the Ontario Energy Board uh, is... you know, part of this plan to ensure the federal carbon tax clearly reflect on natural gas bills. So this will be done across government to inform people. Look, at the end of the day, you, you know, you suggested that this is a matter for the ballot box. People will render a decision uh, if they support carbon taxation. In the province of Ontario, we received a mandate to repeal and replay, repeal Rather, the carbon tax, the provincial cap-and-trade carbon tax. We did that within the first, I think, 60 days of being in power. The benefit of that for folks listening is roughly four and a half cents a liter have been reduced, which is saving people money. The, the, the New Democrats and Liberals say, you know, you've 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 eliminated over two billion dollars of of revenue. Uh, A progressive conservative looks at that equation a little differently. saying We put $2 billion back into the pockets of workers and families in Ontario, and that's a good thing to do.
1: Back to these stickers. Isn't that a little bit of an overreach? And doesn't it give ammunition to people who say, look, this is just a, a political battle? Look, it's more than a political battle
2: for I think the Premier. I think for him it's sort of existential to the future prosperity of Ontario. But with respect, Libby, you, you know this as I. We've lost three hundred thousand manufacturing jobs. We have lost the competitive advantage that has incentivized industry and job creators to stay in Ontario. And so we have a duty to communicate transparently the cost of decisions of government. And I think it is in the public interest for, for folks, for listeners, for, for commuters to know what the federal liberal carbon tax will mean to them, what the actual cost will be. And, you know, when it comes to our program, our sort of approach to this, yes, it's to ensure transparency, but it's also to ensure people know that we have a plan, a responsible plan that will meet the targets, targets which we believe we can meet and we are already exceeding Expectations on to get to that thirty percent, but I think for the Prime Minister of Canada, I think the fact that he doesn't particularly love this approach, this transparency um, sort of legislation, instead of embracing the spirit of transparency, is because he doesn't want people to know the true cost. And so this comes down to the cost. The FAO and other accountability officers have suggested you nearly know, just over. Just shy of seven hundred dollars a year by twenty twenty. Look, if, if 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 you stand by the policy of carbon taxation, that raising prices on groceries, on 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 home heating, on gasoline, is the right thing to do at a time when people's incomes are stagnating and the cost of living is rising, then you should be able to defend it at the ballot box, at the gas pump, uh, at the water cooler, at any place. And so I think it is fair game to do this, and I think it's in the public interest for folks to know the cost of any government, of all political stripes, uh, that that are being imposed on families in the province.
1: Okay. MPP, Stephen Lecce, thanks for being with us. Thank you, Libby. Bye-bye. All right. Let's bring in Peter Tabbins, who is the NDP MPP for Toronto Danforth and the critic for energy and climate change. Hi, Peter. Libby. Great to be on the line with you. Okay, great to talk to you. So is is this court challenge in any way in the public interest? No.
3: No, and on two levels. Maybe there are more, but the first is it's a waste of $30 million. Uh, government of Manitoba did an analysis... Um, Before they made a decision to get involved or not, and they knew from that analysis that they were going to lose. I was at the press conference with uh, Premier Ford last fall when he and his attorney general announced this. They could not even say that it might win. And reporters pressed them pretty hard. Can you win? Might you win? No, they wouldn't even go as far as maybe. This is all Libby about helping their federal buds, uh, the federal conservatives, Andrew Scheer, in the next election. It has nothing to do with our interests here in Ontario.
1: Well, the, they. Stephen Lecce just pointed out they did run on this, and they have uh, their uh, compadres from the other uh, three provinces that are on side with this. Probably by Wednesday there will be five provinces on side with this. Uh, is is there any merit to the constitutional, the jurisdiction argument?
3: Not as far as I can tell, no. And again, even Ford and his attorney general didn't think they could win, wouldn't say that they could win, uh, just because others are piling on to help Andrew Scheer and, you know, their other conservative buddies in this next federal election, doesn't mean they're going to win or that it's useful, but it certainly is useful using taxpayers' money for them uh, to promote their political interests. I think it's a waste of money for Ontarians.
1: And uh, I think it's kind of interesting that when they are touting Ontario's record in uh, reducing emissions, it's basically the the achievements of the previous Liberal government, yeah, which they are against. But, you know, hey, it, it's true. Well, there was a...
3: There was work that was done, and in my opinion, not enough. We were constantly pressing uh, the last government to do more, uh, and these guys were constantly trying to stop them from doing anything. They won the election, now they're claiming credit for it all. But Libby, what's being done in Ontario, what's being done by Justin Trudeau isn't enough to actually protect Ontarians, protect our families from climate change. Not enough being done to protect our lakes, our rivers, um, a whole slew of environmental goals that are just being set aside. So on top of all that, to waste all this money, it's just galling.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, do you believe them when they say they, they believe in climate change and they have their own plan?
3: Well, I, I have no doubt at this point they're willing to say climate change is real. I think they've looked at the public opinion polling. People can see the extreme weather, the fires, um, the the impact on populations of the extreme weather and the cost to our insurance but they don't have a plan that one would consider a plan i mean i i read it uh... it's assuming that a whole bunch of things that were previously in place would continue Well, they've gotten rid of all those uh... this is just it's just public relations Libby, and i hate to say it because it's a pretty critical area we we really need an effective plan one that will help people cut their energy bills Um, And at the same time, reduce their emissions, one that will help hospitals and schools cut their energy use and their emissions and Ford cut all that out. So I I don't think uh, he's, um, what can I say, he's lacking in knowledge. He's just lacking in the responsibility that comes with knowing that if you don't act, people's lives and their futures will be in danger.
1: Do you believe the federal government that those rebates will offset the actual cost? Because I know that if if you look at somebody who has a long commute to work, partly because of high housing prices in Toronto, um, the rebate doesn't seem like it would cover very much.
3: Yeah, I would say that... It, on the average, it's probably going to be, uh, on, on average, it will probably refund what they're saying it will refund. Um, and say if you're someone who lives in, in Scarborough who's taking, um, the SRT down to the subway and taking the subway down to work and then going back that way, you'll probably come out better on the deal. Um, if you're in Ajax or, or you're in, um, Whitby, no, you'll probably be short. Uh, and it's it was never, I think, meant to give people an exact refund for every situation. But frankly, I'll let the Liberals speak to that. I, I think the money actually needs to be invested in our homes, in our schools, in our hospitals to help them cut their bills in the long run. And that's going to be better for all of us and better for the environment.
1: What's your take on this uh, sticker thing on the pumps, the stickers that say the, the price is higher? And uh, by the way, gas station owners, you can be fined up to 10K if you don't put that sticker on the pumps.
3: Yeah, I, I find it really astounding. I mean, I, this is the first time I've seen a government compel businesses to put government propaganda on their own property. And I think people should be really disturbed by this. I think businesses should be rejecting this. If the government wants to pay money for advertising, and money, I think that would be wasted, but if it wants to pay money for advertising, that's one thing. But to tell businesses that they have to have government advertising and they'll be fined if they don't put it on, that's totally new for us here in Ontario. And I would think that people who believe in... A free society you should see this as really threatening.
1: I'm going to bring in Jennifer Stewart, Stewart, who is the president and CEO of the Canadian Independent Petroleum Marketers Association, okay. on that very question. Hi, Jennifer. Hi. How are you? Fine. How are you? So, I'm doing well, uh, thank you. Would you agree with Mr. Tabins that uh, this is something unprecedented and not very good, compelling business owners to dis- display these stickers?
4: yeah I don't think we've seen anything like this before, and a bit of a backstory. our association worked actually quite closely uh with this government when we heard that there may be stickers and came up with some options. We're not partisan you know if you want to have a voluntary program and you want to show consumers what goes into the price of the, uh, gas, then you need to show all the taxes. You need to show the federal excise tax, the provincial sales tax hst in some cases there are municipal taxes um, so we presented a bit of a pie chart option. Uh, that was non-political and just very transparent, you know, that was inclusive of the carbon tax. Uh, we don't have an opinion on the carbon tax, but, you know, if the government was going this route, we wanted to be part of the message. Uh, and we wanted to ensure it wasn't partisan. So, you know, our, our idea wasn't uh, wasn't accepted. So, you know, we don't, it's not new to have a sticker at the pump, you know, in in terms of, we've got no smoking stickers, we've got ignition stickers, so a sticker is fine, and it is within the jurisdiction of the province to legislate a sticker, but typically they're for safety reasons or for transparency, where we really take issue is with the fact that, you know, this is a very... Isolated message and paints one picture, and you know it is it is partisan in nature, and, and you know we really try to stay out of the politics of it, and you know it doesn't give consumers all the information they need. Hmm.
1: Interesting, uh, Peter. Do you have a comment on that? Yeah, I, I think uh, Jennifer, your position
3: is very thoughtful and logical. I, I think it's entirely reasonable to tell people what goes into the price of their gasoline, and I feel the same way about hydro bills and natural gas bills. People should understand what what it's made of. Um, But I see this as very much partisan advertising. And to force independent businesses, chain businesses, to put government advertising at the pump and then threaten them with fines if they don't have it, it's just its a really bad precedent. You don't want future governments forcing businesses to put signs in their windows supporting the partisan thrust of that government. You simply don't. And I, I think that in this case, um, gas stations are being forced to be part of a partisan advertising effort that no one should be part of, unless they want to do yeah. it voluntarily. If you, if any gas station right. wants to put a sticker on, I think that's their business. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. But this, this is just um, Yeah, and, and
4: I... No, and I think you run the risk of potentially isolating a sector, a sector that can be very involved in helping this government achieve its climate change plan. If you you are going to E15, so ethanol is 15% in the pump, which is a renewable fuel, I mean, we are the conduit that will you know, deliver that that gasoline. And a lot of our members are being very innovative in terms of their approach, whether it's bringing on electric charging stations, diversifying their offerings. Like, we are very, we're we're defined by business people who really need to be innovative to stay ahead of the curve. So, you know, we really didn't want to come to the table with a solution that would, you know, appease everybody. But at the end of the day, we can't have a partisan um, perspective that we deliver to consumers. It's a lose-lose. So, you know, we've been hopeful that we could tell a broader story that, you know, in some ways would help educate consumers. You've got the crude cost, you've got the refining cost, you've got a fairly minimal marketing margin and then you have all those taxes. So uh, there's a lot of influencing factors into the price of gasoline and we are very happy to help, you know, not to sound condescending, but educate consumers because you know, when they see the prices climb, a lot of the times it's a commodity market. It's out of the influence of the retail gasoline owners. Um so we view this as an education opportunity. So, you know, we are disappointed with uh with how it went down.
1: hmm Interesting to know. Peter, what would you like to leave us with on this what will be this four day four day court thing?
3: <laughs> well, Just remember, this is all about the Premier helping his buddies in the Conservative Party. Nothing to do with actually looking after us. And it's a waste of $30 million. And I don't think most Ontarians, doesn't matter what their political stripe is, want to see $30 million flushed away.
1: Okay. Thank you so much, Peter Tavins and Jennifer Stewart. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you. Okay. bye bye. Let's get to some of the calls. Paul in Brampton. Hi, Paul.
5: Hi, good afternoon, Lily. Nice to speak to you.
1: Nice to speak to you. Well,
5: I call this the Great Canadian Carbon Tax Swindle. And I do support Doug Ford and the Ontario government in challenges in court, um, because I think it's nothing but a cash grab, personally. Uh, I think we all have to do our part to keep the environment clean, and with new technology and whatnot, to do our best. But having said that, I heard Catherine McKenna, the environment minister, this morning say that the thunderstorm we had last night, which was a severe thunderstorm, was caused by climate change. And in my mind, I thought, well, geez, that's like an old-fashioned lightning thunderstorm we haven't seen for quite a while, actually. But the thought of her and the liberals taxing us is going to stop thunderstorms and lightning? Wow. You know, it's just, I can't wrap my head around it.
1: Well, so there, there that... has been a lot of uh, very extreme weather that scientists uh, attribute to uh, climate change. Paul, thanks for your call. Okay. Let's go to Colin. Oh, I just lost him. When I clicked on it, sorry about that, Colin, if that was uh, me. Let's go to Joe in Newmarket. Hi, Joe. Uh, good uh, good afternoon, Libby. Go so ahead. I, you're on the air.
6: Yes, good afternoon. I uh, honestly, I don't know if you can hear me, but uh, I believe that this is no different than the transition in the mid to late 90s uh, from, our to- from our tobacco culture um, to basically uh, abandoning uh a habit that was causing uh cost a lot of money to health and caused a lot of uh, health grief. Um the stickers honestly it's a waste of time. If anything our gas pumps should be dressed up like cigarette packs are. Uh and we should keep we should uh adopt the same attitude that we had in the late nineties and early two thousands uh towards the elimination of uh, addiction to tobacco. Uh, an addiction to carbon is no different. Um, people should embrace it. And to see government, I, I think that nobody, even though pretty much 100% of our farming was lost in southwestern Ontario, um, we've seen declines in excess of 15% in profits, hundreds of thousands of jobs lost um, in the bar industry, entertainment industry, and so forth. But we adapt it. And we need to adapt to this as well, because try counting money while holding your breath. You can't. Um, And it's important that we put our environment uh, at the forefront. Okay, Joe, thanks
1: for that. Let's go to Colin, who was cut off. Hi, Colin. Yes,
6: how are you
7: doing today? Fine, how are you? Excellent, thanks. Um, Absolutely, the Ford government has a case against the liberals. Um, All this carbon tax is, is a secondary GST That's all it is. They say that 90% of this, of the money from the carbon tax, are going to go towards rebates. That's a lot of rubbish. It's probably more like 20 or less. Um, You know, they say uh, to reduce greenhouse gases, they say that the carbon tax motivates people and companies to use so-called clean fuels. What clean fuels? But, you know, they can still use the fuels we have now but we'll pay a user tax for them. It's, um, uh, you, know, uh, you know, so-called clean fuels still em- emit greenhouse gases. If, um, if they were concerned about greenhouse gases, the federal liberals should legislate so-called clean fuel usage, higher gas with ethanol in it. Taxing it does nothing to emit greenhouse gases. It's a secondary GST.
1: That's okay, thanks for that. Yep. Okay, let's go to Stephen in Parkdale. Hi, Stephen.
8: Hi, right, let me hope you had a good weekend. Thank you. Uh, I'm not clear on this carbon tax. It's about environment change rather than the air we breathe?
1: Uh, I'm not sure what your question uh, is. It's uh, be supposedly to make we, us consume we less we of this stuff. About
8: pollution and the crap that was going into Uh, our system because we were breathing this air and now we seem to have changed the focus to climate change instead
1: well uh, it's all of a piece but uh, Stephen do you think this carbon tax and the legal challenge is a good idea
8: well I think the carbon tax first of all they're saying it's going to be revenue neutral so why bother to set it up it's revenue neutral and if it's uh, the, the ones that are using it the most which is supposedly industry, are going to pass those taxes on and raising prices. Uh, I suggest, you know, in Australia right now, the ISPs are being fined and the CEOs uh, jailed if they show too much violence because they think violence breeds violence rather than.
1: Uh, yeah, you, uh, so Stephen. I think why yeah, why I'm not.
8: Who is jailed the CEO's uh,
1: company. We're, we're getting way off topic here, Stephen. Thanks for your call. Let's go to Dave in Brampton. Hi, Dave. Hi.
5: Well, my point, I think, is
2: that Doug Ford canceled what Wynn had, and I didn't notice any difference in the cost when Wynn put it in. Maybe it was, but I never noticed it. And I think he's just got a vendetta against everybody that doesn't think like Ford. Mm-hmm. And also, on top of that, and I'm going to use this word, he's a liar, because, number one, he said he wouldn't touch education. He wouldn't touch health care. That was before the election. I remember that perfectly. As a matter of fact, I was on your program, and I told you at that time, I don't trust him.
1: Okay, well, I, uh, a lot of people feel that way. He did increase those budgets, but not as much as some people would have wanted.
2: Uh, watch out, because once the election's over in um, in Ottawa, next budget comes in, he'll be cutting
5: worse than Harris.
1: Okay, we will wait and see. Thanks very much for that. Have a good one. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, and quickly, Sim in Toronto. Hi, Sim.
8: Hi, Libby. How are you doing?
1: Fine. How are you?
2: Okay. I think that uh, the carbon tax is ridiculous, and I think the labels on the pumps are ridiculous. What the government should be doing is putting a tax on uh, the manufacture of equipment that uses up a, a lot of energy unnecessarily. For example, I see people driving all these big uh, SUVs. Uh, I drive a Corolla. And uh, you know it, it goes along. It doesn't cost a lot. It doesn't burn a lot of gas. So industrial equipment's one thing, but in terms of uh, automotive equipment, uh, it's burning up a lot of energy. Tax the manufacturer, and put a tax on the licenses, so people won't want to buy that type of equipment.
1: Okay. Thanks for that, Sim.
0: My pleasure.